All right, everybody. Whoops. Hey, patrons, it's me. I started off, uh, I don't know what I was doing. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary. It's time for the podcaster who you, who you enable, my, my you empower my mistakes for good, patrons. What do you say we get on with the show? Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble, getting to sleep, trouble, staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake, uh, whether it's uh, thoughts, feelings, uh, physical sensations, so anything on your mind you're thinking about uh, from the past, present, or future, anything you're feeling emotionally that might be coming up for you, uh, you know, related to thoughts or physical sensations, uh, those could be keeping you up, uh, it could be things from, it could be something else, right? Like changes in time, temperature, routine, your partner. You see, I think you're snor like, are you snoring? I don't know why tonight your snoring's just, uh, it's a little bit more uh, uh, unpleasant for me than this normal level of tolerable unpleasantness. But you know I love you and you're asleep anyway, which is maybe why. But it could be anything. Whatever it is, I'm here to help or to try to help. And what I'm going to do, what I propose to do, is try to create a safe place where I can distract you from that. I'm going to smooth this safe place. I'm going to pat it. I'm going to rub it down. I'm going to prepare it. I don't know if I've ever, have we had a red carpet to the safe place? I mean, we've talked about red carpets before. Because I, I know I wrote some fan fiction about red carpets. Uh, I think I can't remember what it was. Red carpets, at, like uh, it was, it was some sort of boudoir type, uh, which just means uh, fiction you read in the bedroom. Uh, fiction. I think it was about it was my Knox series, but it was like a Knox on the red carpet. Maybe it's maybe tonight. That's what we'll do. It's a Knox episode. About no, no, K N O C K S. I don't know if I we could do an episode about Knox and Knox and Knox. Uh, that's a great that's a great idea. But I'm in actually in the middle of the intro. Creative, creative brain. For once, I have to I have to tell you that's a great idea. But I got to focus on the current time. So I'm gonna um so what, oh I'm gonna smooth this place. I'm gonna pat it. I'm gonna rub it down. I'm gonna say safe place. Then I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. So I'm going to go off topic. Uh, I'm going to go off topic and uh, go like uh, forget what I was going to say, all to, to take your mind off something and keep you company. So if you're new... Creaky dulcet. They say that I'm gonna like semi voice across the deep dark and I'm using lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones and pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. 
But really what I'm do I'm here to do is to keep you company while you fall asleep. So if you're new, a very normal way to react to this show is to be off-put or put off or confused or doubtful or, let me just say, it's skeptical. So if you're new and you're feeling any of those things, those are very normal, high 95%, 95% or higher likelihood you're feeling that way if you're new. Now, my regular listeners, they're kind of guffawing along because they say, well, I, like, not for me. Like, for me, it's like a regular, uh, this is my regular nightly routine. But I, I can not I can almost remember the first time I listened. I sat down with a, I didn't sit down with the Country Time Lemonade, but I did get confused. By, Scoots, do you mind if I take this intro over? Go ahead, uh, Wilford Brimley asked, Country Time Lemonade sipping part of my mind. Yeah, remember the first time I listened to an episode of Sleep With Me, I was very skeptical. Because one, who tells you they're going to put you to sleep? And two, I've tried so many things, so many different things to put me to sleep. And some of them work some of the time. But I, one, a couple of things I was confused about when I first listened. One, creaky dulcet tones. I don't know if I like them. I realized they would grow on me like uh, like other things, the, the, you know, the, metaphorically, not, you know, just metaphorically, I'm saying. Uh, and uh, so that was one thing that I, the second thing that threw me off was the structure of the show. Uh, the third thing that threw me off was that I wasn't, like at first I tried to listen to the podcast, like I tried to sip my tea and savor it. Wait, so you, excuse me, I don't mean to interrupt you. So you consider drinking a manufactured iced, first of all, it's not tea, it's lemonade. Oh, you're right, thank you, you're right. Uh, but yeah, I do sip and enjoy my manufactured lemonade. Okay, I just was wondering, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not trying to, like, uh. It, it just, I guess, this, okay, could you please, okay, so there I was sipping my lemonade. And you're picking out the many flavors and notes in it that, you know, sleep podcasters might be surprised by. And I guess that's what I tried to do the first time I listened to Sleep With Me was pay attention. And then I realized I had to have a looser hand. Now, not many people do this as a hobby, but I like to look at ice cubes and lemonade instead of clouds and imagine what I'm seeing there. Sometimes my glass is foggy, sometimes it's clear, and that is one of the ways I unwind. I say, well, that ice cube looks like the uh, building blocks of a castle. Well, that one looks more like uh, the building blocks of a tower. Well, that one looks, so that's what I, anyway, so once I started to listen to podcasts in that way, I realized, oh, it's a podcast you don't really listen to. You kind of barely pay attention. This is the third or fourth thing that threw me off was the idea, like, how's this supposed to put me to sleep? Uh, what are you doing? And I realized that it's more here to keep me company. It's not really a sleep podcast in the traditional sense, even though, it is to the traditional sleep podcast. It's more of a friend. Scooter wants to be my boar friend, my boar bay, my boar cuz, my boar sib, my boar bestie. 
and just keep me company while I drift off. And if I can't sleep, the shows are an hour. I don't feel any pressure to fall asleep. But also if I, like, I know somebody's there to keep me company. So it's like, oh, I don't have to fall asleep, but I probably will uh, when I'm not paying attention to falling asleep or not. Oh, and then to go back to structure, it took me a while to understand the structure of the show. So, so the show starts off with a greeting, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary. That way everybody knows they're welcome. Like, hey, come on up on here and sit down next to me and have a sip of lemonade. Uh, you're welcome here. Then there's the business of the show, which is like about six or eight minutes. And that's how that comes out twice a week for free. So... Can't get that. I can't go into the store and say a two two ju- one jug of prepared and one jug of powder, please. Uh, I'll just be taking these at my convenience. They'd say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Not even old WB, as they call me, Wilford B. You can't just walk out of here with lemonade. And I'd say, "What do you mean? I can't just I enjoy this stuff." Uh, so the nice thing is that the sponsors a lot of in the in the supporters they keep it here for free. So it is kind of like they say, "Hey, go ahead and help you. Somebody already paid for your lemonade, WB. I didn't realize it." Uh, say you're kidding me. Great. Uh, so, but then what really throws new people off, and what really threw me off, was the intro, which we're already halfway through or something, maybe more. Because the intro takes like 12 to 20 minutes of a scooter explaining what the podcast is. And I never really, I never really understood it till I realized it was so understandable that I misunderstood, which barely is understandable anyway, but I'll try to explain it. Uh, the intro is like 12 to 20 minutes of, uh, I would say, preparatory nonsense. But it's not just preparatory. So it's Scooter explaining what the podcast is to you, the new listener, as well as relating to me, the regular listener. Hey, this is familiar, but it's new every time. So the new listener gets an idea that uh, you know Scooter might talk to some imaginary figure or go off topic or walk around. You know, he might be trying to explain what the podcast is, then visit a grocery store. It then sit on a porch swing with a, like a, a brilliant and friendly historical figure, uh, probably considered as no, not no offense, Wilford, but not. I mean, you're, you're like uh, I don't really know anything about you, so you're totally fiction to me, which is means you're doing your job. So you're reinforcing your legacy by not being my hero, Wilford. Is it Wilford or Wilfred? Anyway, Scooter, thank you. Uh, well, that's gonna. T- it took a lot out of me. I had to sip a lemonade there after. Uh, but I guess I'm such a good performer that Scooter can't project uh, heroism onto me. So I guess that makes sense. I live in my roles, uh, just like I relax in my lemonade. So uh, where were we? So the intro. It's a, it goes on and on and on. And some people say, well, when's the show? I said that. I said, when's the show going to start? And then I realized after the second or third try, oh, this is part of the show. While you could skip ahead, this is what a lot of people unwind to or start to relax to or some people fall asleep to it. 
So the intro is really a build in, built-in wind-down. Uh, some people start listening to it as they're getting ready for bed, and sometimes people listen in bed. And I said, well, I'd like to sit, like, I'd like to sit outside and listen to it while I'm relaxing outside before I get in bed, but after I'm ready for bed. Obviously, I'm not drinking lemonade at that time because I've already brushed my teeth, clearly. So... Oh, and then the show has business, and then there'll be a story. Sounds like Scooter's going to talk about Knox and uh, Knox and I, like one of his hobbies, uh, listening to recorded Knox. Uh, then uh, there's a thank you. So it's the structure of the show. So it's a podcast you don't listen to. It doesn't really put you to sleep. It just keeps you company, which is pretty nice, actually. Instead of putting you to sleep, it keeps you company, whether you're awake or asleep. And it uh, structurally leaves a lot to be desired. But, of course, you say, well, of course you want to leave a lot to be desired. Then I can fall asleep. If you were filling all my needs uh, with a citrus pop, something sweet, uh, tangy, savory, why would I go to bed? You know, I'd be sitting up uh, enjoying the sounds of the evening, waving to my neighbors, whatever it might be. So that's a, oh, so those are a couple of things. I'm trying to think, oh, why would someone make a show like this? It's a great question, everybody out there. And what I've learned is Scooter makes a show really because he cares. He wouldn't say that because he'd be too, he'd be too, uh, he'd need to say it through a third party. He cares. He cares deeply because he's been there. He knows how it feels, tossing and turning, wondering if you're going to fall asleep or waking up and having trouble getting back to sleep. But that's one reason he cares. The other reason is he wants you to sleep because your world will be better. He wants you to be rested. You deserve a good night's sleep is what he says. And he means it. If you're rested, your life will be a little bit better and our world will be a little bit better. So that's why he makes a show. And then again, he tells everybody, give it a few tries uh, because it doesn't work on the first try for almost anyone because it's a bit different. So kind of see how it goes. You really have nothing to lose. Uh, And some people listen and they come back to it years later. So you may be coming back after a four-year break. You listen to it once, you loathed Scooter strongly. And now you're back. I'd say welcome back. And I hope this works for you. Give it a few tries. Scooter and I both appreciate your time. He works very hard. We both yearn and strive. And we'd like to help you fall asleep. So uh, here's a couple ways we're able to do this for you uh, twice a week. All right, everybody. It's Scoots here. And this episode is a little bit different than we've done. We haven't done one of these. I think it's been the last uh, six months or a year. I have no idea. I, I can remember listening to the last episode we did. Well, I was like proofing the recordings, like I listened to them before they come out. And I can remember driving, I wonder where I was driving from. I, I know I was driving down, uh, like, I don't know, I just remember where I was driving very specifically. But now I'm like, well, where was I coming from? I think it was maybe one time... I don't know where I was coming from, I'll be honest with you with that, but I'm pretty sure I just forgot which direction I was going. No, though it could have been a Saturday or a Sunday. It was definitely in 20, whatever last year was, 2019. Is that what, what year is it, 2020? Oh, well, you're in a different year than me, maybe. Hi. 
But yeah, I'm pretty sure it was in 2019 or early 2020, January. That's when I was listening to it. So I don't know when the episode came out. Scrabble Scramble, was that the one? And they say, Scoots, that was episode 640. I say, oh, really? Wow. My memory is jumbled like scramble tiles. Oh, it's called Scrabble? Well, my memory's scrambled. Scrambled and scrabble. Like, Scrabble scrambles me anyway. But so, I don't know. Actually, yeah, no, that was a... So this episode has a bit of a setup, but since I've done one in the last, like, 6 to 12 to 18 to 24 months, I won't set it up too long because... uh, it has a, a layer. This one is d- a little bit different than even the ones we've done before. So, like, uh, a lot of people say to me, Scoots, how do you relax? Oh, boy, that making a sleep podcast must be really not sleepy. And you must really have to unwind. Like, uh, in a, in, what do you do? Do you, uh, we, this is, uh, sometimes I have to be honest about the things that pop in my head while I'm talking. And even though I thought I was going to talk about something else, when I was trying to imagine a listener asking me that and then me responding and say, a listener like you listening saying, Hey, Scoots, what do, what do you do to relax? You know, what popped in my head was me in a gondola, like as the gondola purse, the gondolier, um, pushing the gondola and I, I wasn't singing in, in whatever popped in my head, but I said, well, that's not actually what I do to relax. Uh, and personally, you know, the people talk about meditating or mindfulness and just looking at the stuff that pops in your head. And that makes up a lot of the content of this podcast too. But of all the things in my entire life that I said, well, if I was talking about this, I would expect this to pop in my head. I I don't know if I've, like, let me think about just a little early tangent here before we get to the content. So I said, okay, so I was thinking about what I do to relax, which I'll talk about in a minute. But then I said, okay, well, the gondola popped in my head. Oh, a gondola, not a sky gondola. This is a a water-based gondola. And... Let's see. So, oh, so I said, why would that pop in my head? How relaxing is for me? Now, for some people, maybe gondoleering or gondoling, like the act of being gondoled or whatever, propelled in a, riding in a gondola or on a gondola. Are you in a gondola? I guess technically, I think it has one step down, so you're in it. And I'm not sure. I think it's a gondolier. But for me, I'd say only if I was like going under undercover gondolier. There's somebody who let me know about uh, that. Uh, that uh, that's what this could be about. Let's lean into this. So we'll come back to that undercover gondolier thing. I thought it was going to be Knox on Knox on Knox, but we'll talk about Knox. So we'll find a way to make the gondoliering relaxing, even though that's probably work. But then even for me, the act of being in a gondola, that's a little bit too, like, much attention for me. Like, I say, no, like, I would go in it. Usually I go in gondolas to please other people. I think I've been in it once or twice, uh, which I'll explain more. Uh, But, um. Like, I can't imagine myself relaxing. Maybe if I was solo, like in a self-propelled gondola, 
Urafaz alone in a gondola. That could be one of my many, I guess, can you have an autobiography chat with each chapter being an autobiographical, say, alone in a gondola, chapter four. There I was, I'd finally made it. Uh, I had my own gondola and I was all alone. All my dreams had come true. Well, my dreams as far as uh, being left alone and having a gondola with, without having any gondola, doing a gondoling. And guess what? It was, it was not ironic. It was all, it was, except that it was a little warm. And I said, I need a shade for my gondola. Also, maybe a nice place to keep some cool drinks and a place, you know, a cubby for my sunscreen and maybe something to listen to. But the steady motion of the gondola was relaxing. Okay, so the two times, of course, you want to know this stuff. You got to see Scoots. I got to get behind the curtain here, behind the old MP3. Tell me about your glamorous gondoling. And I said, well, the most glamorous one I could have done, I didn't do. I don't think. Uh, which I'd always proposed either as a surprise uh, uh, at the time, uh, my girlfriend at the time. This was many, 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 many years ago. Or maybe we did it and I forgot about it. Sorry, like, uh, But I think I just forgot to follow through on it. Oakland has this lovely uh, lake uh, that's called Lake Merritt. And for a time, and I don't know if it's still the case, they had a, a, a couple of gondoliers that would take you out for a romantic uh, gondola ride on uh, Lake Merritt. And I think this was in the aughts when it started, so a long time ago. And I don't know, and you, sometimes you could pair it with a dinner and go out, you know, you you know, it'd be like a date night. Um, I don't believe I ever followed through on that. I think at one point when I was thinking of it, I couldn't, like I said, well, that's how much it is. Oh boy. And obviously my lack of follow through is one of my many deficiencies in a relationship. So I don't believe we ever uh, went out on a gondola. If we did, it was back when I was tipping, I had too many, I had one too many bottles of, uh, what is that, the, the wine that comes in the wicker basket called, whatever that is, Chianti. Speaking of which, there's a one time I know I went in a gondola, with an asterisk, though, is in uh, the place where gondolas are most famous, which is Venice, Italy. But I'm pretty sure, and I don't think that this was a Rick Steves, this may have been a Lonely Planet one. I mean, this is also in, in the aughts, maybe? I don't know what, what year I went there, but uh, that there's actually ferries that are gondolas. So it's not technically a gondola ride. You get in the gondola and you go from one side of a canal to another side, or like a little bit of a water taxi. And they're more affordable and they're more functional, and you don't have to like... Uh, I don't know. There's less less of that human stuff that makes me. I say, well, how much do I have to tip you? Do, who, who makes eye contact with whom when you're? Are you going to be singing? Are you going to be singing and making eye contact? Like, because uh, that's a lot of pressure. Then I'm your, then I'm more of an audience member than uh, cruising in a gondola. And also, like I said, wait a second. What I don't understand. Or, uh, 
like, uh, and how long is this going to be? Because again, I'm not a person that necessarily, especially back in the aughts, I don't living in the moment. That was not my thing. So we got a train to catch later and I don't even know how to get to the train station. So I don't know how I could possibly enjoy this gondola ride and then be like, well, do, is we supposed to negotiate? Is this, so so I, I, I know I, I can almost picture to where it took the gondola ferry uh, from like one side of canal to another, but that's all I really remember. And I'm not even sure if that happened. The other place they took a gondola was uh, like the exact opposite of the manufacturer. I guess it was like, because I think Lake Merritt is a, like a giant retention basin. It's not a natural lake. Uh, it is a, like, a, maybe it is, I don't know. But, uh, and then Venice, but uh, in the Venice Resort or whatever it is in Las Vegas, uh, I did go with a gondola ride there with my parents. Every boy's dream, I think I was in my 20s or 30, probably my 20s, maybe my 30s, of uh, riding in a gondola inside of basically a shopping mall behind a casino with your parents. Uh, actually, it's pretty fun, I think. Uh, my parents were there. My dad was there for a convention, and I probably flew there uh, to meet him and my mom, and I would normally stay with them, though not always. I think this only happened twice, so it feels like it happened a thousand times. And actually, this it is kind of fun to just walk around and, and do that kind of stuff. Uh, so I remember there, because my dad, like, uh, I think he had to wait in line. This was when the Venetian, that's what it was called, was somewhat new. Uh, though, well, I'll get, get back to the though, but, uh, but basically I think you'd go around. I think those, I think that person sang and it, it was nice. Uh, and I think it was funny. I think my dad was cracking us up and it was probably a pretty nice gondola. And it's made to look, it's one of those places that was, uh, like looks outside, like the outside looks inside. It was just there. In uh, January, because I had a long layover at the lot. Like, this is the second time I've had, uh, took this one very low priced airline, and you would have a layover of about eight hours, and that's if everything's running on time. And so, learning my lesson from the first time, actually, we did it the first time too, is like your layover so long, you might as well leave the airport. Uh, and go some go to the strip or something to to do something for a little while, uh, because uh, you know you being at the airports like uh, you run out of stuff to do pretty quick at the airport. So those are the gondolas I've been in, and for some reason my brain thinks uh, like uh, uh, like so. This is a very special episode because it's uh, what did I say? The lonely gondolier, the gondolier who liked to be alone. I forgot, uh, but yeah, so ha- hello, hello, welcome to, uh, my gondola. This is the, this is the famous, uh, uh, great courses in, go- great courses in gondolas, uh, you've signed up for, and I'm Scooter, I'll be guiding your gondola and teaching you a course today, 
And I'm really glad you're here. Oh, boy. Now, this, I don't know, what, like, this is my first day, too. So this, I don't know if this is your first, not my first day teaching this. Well, it is my first day teaching this class, too. But this is a hobby class. And you're, of course, play, paying a beta rate of 0, 0.0. So you're really in for, we're really in for a delightful time. And I'll figure this out. We're here on, uh. Now we're here in the cloudy dream dream zone. Oh boy, is it nice this evening. So nice to see you. And we do have these gondolas designed for multi-choice gondolas. Uh, you can there's a bed there's a, so there's a wood panel which you could remove uh and uh we just float it behind us to be honest uh, and then there's a bed underneath there. It's all you know all ready to go. Now, you know, this is an open gondola, so it's resting only. Or, yeah, you can use the benches and you could get comfortable in that way. There's notepads and pens and pencils for taking notes. So today's great course. Uh, and you can let me know, like, once you take the cover off, though, I put it in the water. So then it you can't really, it's, you know, it's beta. We're working on it. But that was an idea. I said, what if it had a bed? So, yeah, we're going to get going here. We're up here in the clouds. Oh, boy, is it, uh, well, nice here, yeah? Oh, yes, it is. Uh, and I'm Scooter. Tonight I'm going to be teaching us, uh, or, well, I'm teaching myself how to teach you this. Uh, and we're going to be doing a course in Knox, introduction to Knox, and uh, list, like uh, like uh, some Knox basics, Knox appreciation, Knox enthusiasm. And you may have, I guess by the look on your face, you've been signed up for this course. You may have not signed up for it yourself, uh, because, I mean, or sometimes because stuff's free, I do that too. So, uh, well, yes, tonight I'll be teaching you, uh, giving you a little exposure to the wonderful world of of knock enthusiasts. Uh, I don't know why I said enthusiasts that way, but... Uh, Let's not make an, you know, an, uh, like a, an ew and be, a, be an, you know, we're going to we're going to have enthusiasm about Knox. And what do I mean to be enthusiastic about Knox? Well, Knox, uh, not Knots, not, not, not Don Knots and not K Knots and Wood and not Knots, uh, Knox, I'm sorry, I don't always pronounce K-N-O-C-K-S. Knocking on doors is what we're going to be talking about. And you might at first be surprised that there's people that have a hobby of listening to knocks. And I would say, yes, there's people that listen to birds all the time, right? And bird enthusiasts or birders probably outnumber knock enthusiasts by thousands and or millions to one. And one of the reasons is because it's not really uh, acceptable to you, most knock enthusiasts listen to recorded knocks, uh, not to like live knocks uh, for obvious reasons. Though, if you listen to the, the other recordings we will have available as part of this uh, imaginary package, uh, you could hear about other knock based events and those kind of things. But yes, there is a small sliver of the world, including one sleep podcaster, 
who listens to uh, record recordings of people knocking on doors exactly across the world across the globe you know variety there's an endless uh, variety of people you know there's not an endless variety of doors but when you take the diversity of the world uh, the situations around knocking and then the doors and the variety of doors, you, you do have a pretty broad selection. And at first you might think, oh boy, how would I, wh- why would I get into door knocking? And I said, well, you'll have to discover your own joys in it. I can't tell you what you're going to enjoy, but I could tell you that if you, uh, you could become enthusiastic. Uh, but I, what I don't want you to do is become, uh, you know, in, in uh, what do you, whatever they call that. Uh, you know, I don't want you to have doubt that or be overwhelmed. This is a very basic course in knock appreciation. And you might just start to wonder, okay, well, where do we start? And we say, so you start by listening. And you listen, obviously, with your ears, and more so with the knocks, you listen with your mind. It is one of these many hobbies that goes on in your mind, like a theater of the mind. And you might say, well, what do you mean by that? I say, well, picture your mind as a blank stage, uh, and you've decided to attend a show, and at first you don't know who's or what is going to appear there. But you do know that you're in a comfortable seat or a comfortable gondola and you're in a gentle place. You know, in this situation, you're moving in a languid way. But you could feel your feet uh, resting. You could feel your bottom on the seat. Uh, and you could feel your breath and know, okay, I'm in a place and, and I can accept that I don't know what I'm going to see. Or feel, if if you say, well, I don't see a blank stage or things keep popping. And I say, well, just note those things that are popping in your head. But you could also see how your heart feels or how your body feels or where are you, what are you, where are your hands. And don't worry, like just listening to knocks on the door in a cursory way uh, could have a lot of... Uh, it could 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 have a lot of enjoyment. And you might say, well, I don't know anything about knocks, and I don't know anything about doors or door construction. And when you say, when I when I think of doors, then I start to think of, uh, I don't really, can't picture a lot of doors in my head, except for maybe some people have, like, posters of doors that I've seen, of, you know, doors of this and this, where you know, where I'm from, or... Or I could think of like a couple TV shows, doors that I saw. And I'd say, oh, well, you know, when you start to listen to knocks, you could listen to one over and over. And then, you know, a lot of these knocks uh, will come with the picture of a door. Uh, The most popular door, starter door, is typically, just to make it less, is a red door. And, uh, it's probably because, uh, like, uh, knock enthusiasts do skew to be from the United States, and there is this archetypal red front door. And you, you see, I could say to you, what color red is that to you? How would you describe it? Which word would you use to modify that red? 
of that door you're seeing. Is it a familiar door or just a door you say, well, I'm familiar with it, but I don't know whence it came. I'd say that's good. You're getting started. Does What else do you notice about the door? Uh, does it have a knob? Does it have a handle? Is it misty? That's fine. For me, a lot of times the doors are misty, just like the clouds around us as we move uh, along in our gondola here. You know, they say that people that learn in gondolas uh, or gondolas uh, are likely to remember lear- like what they learned in the gondola when they, you know, in associate, have positive associative memories of uh, gondola-based learning or GBL. And uh, that hopefully at some point we'll get, we'll be able to learn that it causes, you know, good, like you see, wow, I really know my stuff now. But for now, that's why we're just testing out these hobbies. Again, start to look at the door. Is it a paneled door? Is it a flat door? If you don't know, you don't know. Are there stairs leading up to the door? Oh, where are you standing? Oh, good question. I don't want to interrupt your thoughts, but yeah, I am standing at the bottom step. I don't know how many steps are in front of me leading up to the door. And then there's a bit of a landing or a porch and then the door. But I do live near a red door, so that may be, that's why I don't want to tell you what modifiers to use on that door you're seeing. And you might say, now, when do we listen to the knocks? And I'd say, ha, 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 that's interesting. We don't listen to knocks in this course. Uh, one, because... Uh, there's already other knocks when you're in a gondola. Like sometimes I'm knocking this uh, pole paddle against the boat and then the water. And then we'd had to figure out, it, it's just better that uh, this is a course in appreciating and anticipating knocks. And that's one of the main things about knocks is anticipation. So now you're appreciating this door, this red door. I wonder if you could imagine what what a knock would sound like uh, and then imagine what you learn about the door. Uh, could you play that game with me? Is someone knocking? Are they rap? We'll talk more about knock styles in a little bit, but uh, did you, does it feel like it's a thump or a putt, putt, putt or a hollow sound? That's one of the ideas is as you start to listen and as you start to picture at the same time, uh, you could start to focus more and more. And you could focus on the things that are unfocused. You say, well, I still can't see the top, you know, portion of the door to know if there's like one of those little doors there or there's something hanging and you say, yes, yes, that's good. It's, was it fuzzy there or misty? Or your eyes just won't go there, like in a dream. Uh, that's good. That's good. Uh, what are the other things your eyes are drawn to? So you're kind of focusing in a loose way. And it's okay to want to reach out and touch the door. You can. Uh, and you could see, wow, is that like, uh, what does it feel like? Is the paint uh, new or old? Is it shiny or matte? 
How many layers? Uh, is it the kind of door that they take all the paint off before they paint on it again? Did they sand it down? Or is there paint peeling? Uh, you know, is the door old or new? What would happen if you scratched your... Go ahead, it's fine. Uh, you scratch your fingernail on that red door. That's interesting, huh? Go ahead and tap your fingernail on there. You're you're not knocking. Uh, you're you're just checking the door out. But as you think about your nail there, I want you to think about your hand uh, and your finger. You don't maybe your eyes are closed, and that's good. Uh, you don't have to have a perfect or accurate image of your hand in your mind, but imagine your hand out there and your finger. Then start to think about closing your hand into a, a, a loose fist. You know, you don't have to have a tight fist. Uh, maybe think about rotating your hand uh, to the side, to the left and right. And also think about which hand are you holding up? Is it your right hand or is it your left hand? Huh. Are you right-handed or left-handed? Oh, it's interesting, huh? Is this the hand I always knock on the door with, uh, or not? I don't know. And that's my answer. For me, it was my right hand, but I'm left-handed. But now I say, wait a second, uh, or do I base my knocking on where the knob is? Uh, wait a second, are knobs always on the left-hand side? Did I ever read, like, one of those articles, uh, like, or has there been a clickbaity article? Why are doors knobs on the left-hand side? So you could pass pass the Ducci. Uh, no, it's not because of that. Uh, has 99PI done an episode about doors or uh, location of doorknobs? Why do people call, why do some people say door, call someone a doorknob in a non-pleasant way? I don't know the answers. I may even have to edit that out because I don't even know if that's okay. But so you can go ahead back to your hand and, and think about, okay, huh. Now lean it back and forth. You know, use your wrist a little bit, uh. And you're almost, right now, you're making a knocking motion. Now, you'd say, I don't think I would normally knock with just my wrist. And I'd say, yeah, probably not. Only at the principal's office, maybe. Or someplace where you don't want to, you know, where you think someone's doing something. that You don't want to, you, you, like, that's called knocking lightly. That's a gentle knock, a wrist knock. And now you've found first words and you may have called it something else what did you call it something or did i say something first but go ahead and take that in your mind and and, and start to wonder i wonder what that would sound like uh, and even make the motion at that red door in front of you knock knock knocking oh that was three knocks huh wonder what that would sound like, especially with the wood there that you're seeing in the paint. And then we're wondering, what is the composition of this door? Here's another question. Is the door totally closed? 
you know, is it is it a door that fits well in its frame or loosely in its frame? How low does the door go? You know, door people don't play limbo with doors. Uh, oh, that's a great question. What if it's one of those double doors uh, that? Uh, would be, you know, that's probably something, not to go off topic, but to think about if, you know, that, I wonder when double doors had their heyday. I'm not talking about French doors. And I don't even know, even as a knock enthusiast, I don't know the name of it. It's a door that has a top door and a bottom door. And normally the top door could be opened independently. The bottom door only in... Uh, silent comedy films would be opened independently because then, you know, someone would walk out with the bottom. They think the, the bottom, the top door would be closed. The bottom door would be open. But I think about a world with pet doors, uh, or the, the, one of the purposes of, oh, no, I guess I'm wrong. I said, well, what about, so, or people that like the breeze, uh, you say, well, I can't take a whole breeze, or I don't want my dog running out the door, but I want the benefits of a breeze. You'd say, well, get a double, one of those doors, a half door, half and half. Uh, you say, it's a hole, but it's half and half. Uh, especially someplace like the Bay Area where we don't, you, you could use a screen, and, and I probably should use my screen more. We see, well, I just like that door open. Holy cow. Makes me feel like I'm outside even when I'm inside. Uh, and again, the dog can't run outside because the bottom door is closed. And then, yeah, I like to, and this is just a personal preference. I like to do a lot of leaning and, and looking. So think about that uh, there. Maybe you're, and sometimes they did have, uh, because sometimes, you know, in movies there'd be pies on there. There was like a, a, a small platform or counter where you could lean and look out. Uh, maybe people would be talking, uh, you know, talking to somebody on the side of the door. Maybe Bezos or whatever should get this going to say, okay, just hand that right through to me. So, and it's good for people watching. Uh, and, and so I want you to wonder if you're leaning there on that door. What would it be like to just knock on the bottom half of the door? What's this door like? Uh, what color is it? Uh, oh, yeah. No, I, I, no, that wasn't the color I had. Well, I don't know if I want to tell you what color I could see it as. It's a bit of a like a like a teal with a touch of gray in there. Yeah, I don't know, like a like a, to give it a brightness, even though it's got a bit of gray. Oh, sure, that's a metaphor for who I am, of course. I'm a half a door with a touch of gray, but like a little bit of blue. That hopefully pops a little bit. So here we are, we're, we're talking doors, and we're back at that door. We're thinking about the movement of your wrist again, okay? And that could be your first sound, and you could just imagine, huh? What again? What would that sound make? Uh, and what what message would you be trying to get across? Because uh, then you start to think, well, is it was this a casual way to knock on a door, or is it a very formal way? It's also a way to you know message people, but uh, 
And I said, well, it does feel, you see, it doesn't have much power, but it has some directness. Uh, and as I do it more and more, I see that even though I'm not a mechanism, there is a consistency to the time of that knock, knock, knocking motion. In fact, it's almost breathtaking that even though for me that I'm not the most coordinated person in the world, and even just recently uh, family members were giving me a hard time because I clap on the downbeat or you know trying to clap along with music, uh, I could say that my that knocking motion when I'm not paying attention to it and I'm just doing it naturally is uh, is very consistent, I would say, to microseconds. Now, I want you to think about that door. And again, you when you first start to get into Knox, that is a red door is a really easy way to get into it. And you could listen to, you know, look at the pictures of the doors and listen to them. And again, this could be like flashcards. Maybe we'll sell this as an add-on course uh, Looking at the pictures of the doors, looking at the pictures of the hands, and looking at the knocks. That is one very clinical way to learn knock appreciation. So that is a path. But for most that become true knock enthusiasts, it all occurs in your mind. Because the nice thing about knocking and knock appreciation is that not taking away from bird songs or bird calls or bird enjoyment is that those have a lot of vestiges in reality and that most people enjoy say, well, that is the song of this and it means this. And that has a true value and true pleasure in it. Uh, where? Because knocking is something we're doing at a distance. And at this point, it's something that's recorded intentionally a lot of times. Now, there are people that just record their knock, their door 24-7. And those are wild knocks. You know, we call them knocks in the wild. Or the people that have a job knocking on doors. And they will wear, and they're very respectful. They realize that. Uh, but they record knocks. And then there's a history of knocks. So we still have knocks that are recorded from the past. Listening to knocks is different than listening to a bird because there are just a couple layers or a couple layers removed. And that's why a lot of it does happen. And there is this freedom and this extra pleasure because it happens within your imagination. There is an unreality to it that is attached to reality. And hopefully it becomes something fun for you. But I want you to also know that uh, the nice thing about this uh is there is no pressure, and there is no right or wrong way, and there isn't a right answer. I mean, again, if you are doing a very, you know, if you could go down that route, uh, you know, into one of the subgenres of knock appreciation and really get to know your softwoods and your hardwoods and your paints and your lacquers and your construction techniques and, you know, your door framing and all of that, uh, and human hand sizes and knock techniques and shapes and, you know, all those things. Uh, that, that is a subgenre. But you can also construct your own stories or 
much like paintings in in art that you're allowed to project onto versus getting a tour with a docent that tells you what it means. Knack's uh, knack uh, enthusiasm for a lot of people is a part of the search for meaning and a part of projection. And maybe you say, well, that's the only thing people are interested in that are narcissists. And I'd say, well, wouldn't they be more interested in mirrors? Uh, and you'd say, well, so that's okay, though. We welcome anyone who's interested, unless you're going to, you know, poo-poo knocks. Uh, then we say, okay, well, what do you get? What are you doing here then? Uh, we're here, especially in my gondola. I know you're not doing it, though. This is an experimental thought I was putting out there. Here's one more thing before we move on to a couple specifics. Uh, is, you know, a lot of people, another layer of enjoyment uh, that at first you might forget uh, that you might want to dip your toes into are two other ones, season and weather. And start to think about, again, if you want to go to that red door, or maybe it's a different door for you, or maybe it's that have door. Or maybe it's a door that you're very, very familiar with. Like for me, a green door or an orange door. It's a door that's been both those colors, but that's still misty. And that has a faded, brassy knob. Not, But it's, you know, covered in like a whatever. It's not brassy other than that you know there's some sort of brass-like construction and they say, wait a second, is that, that one's on the right, but all the other doors are on, or is it on my left? I don't know. And that's okay, too. But think about the seasonality. What is the weather? What's behind? How does the, the air feel on your back? Is it cool? Is it warm? Is there humidity? Is there wind? Where is the sun in the sky? You know, it's a huge sky. It could be any, it's, oh, it's behind the house. Okay. What else is going on? Were, were there trees uh, where you are? Are there leaves in the trees? Are there needles in the trees? Or is it more arid? Is there drought-tolerant plants? Uh, did you come up a sidewalk or a dirt road or a path? Uh what weather, you know, are you coming from? You say, okay, well, it's good to be here under the eaves of this house because it was stormy. So think about that. And that is another thing, an even deeper level is, uh, what are you bringing to the door? Because a lot of people for the first a few times uh, knocking, uh, you do get this closer up view and that is one of the view ways to view and listen to knocks is a close-up view where you're either knocking or you're there experiencing the knock right there at the door. So another thing to be aware of is, like, uh, what are you bringing? Uh, you know, it, it's okay, especially with knock enthusiasm, to have your day be there with you listening to the knocks and observing the doors and wondering, did you have a frowny face day? That's okay. Maybe you're thinking about knocks in a frowny faced way. Are you tired? Are you excited? Uh, it's, it's a playground, uh, again, to play in. 
So another thing we want to get into, even though we call it knocks and knocking, there is a delineation that we do use in just shorthand. This isn't a formal jargon, uh, but more of like a, a point of clarification of knocks versus knocking. And it's just it's something to place in your mind of like uh, knocks versus knocking is that knocking is it has a, again a formality to it uh, knocking may be message driven where knocks are more non-message driven and, and maybe have a richer subconscious language to them but that not knocking uh, can have as many layers or even more than that uh but as you start to listen, you say, okay, I don't understand what you mean. I say, okay, I'll explain a little bit more. We're going to start with knocking and just some basic forms of knocking. And you may picture in your mind you doing this or you hearing this or you experiencing it or just what sounds or images or whatever pop in your mind. And maybe those will align when you start listening to Knox, and maybe they won't, or maybe there'll be a strange layover. But again, knocking a lot of times has messaging. One knock I like to start with this course with is a hurry-up knock. Uh, now, you say, hurry up. Okay, so what, what does that sound like? What is the technique? Uh, yeah. Uh, what, what, what part of their hand or knuckles is, is hitting the door? Where on the door? Uh, is it a young person? Is it an adult? Is it a child? And then again, it could be, what are they saying? Hurry up and answer the door for hurry up and let me in because my, uh, you know, B-L-A-D-D-D-E-R is full. Or hurry up, let's go. Or hurry up, I can't wait to see you. There's so many more forms of that. But that is a very popular style of knocking. You know, people say, oh, nowadays, uh, everybody's in a hurry, even when they knock. And they say, people don't even knock on doors anymore. Now I'd say, well, that's somewhat true. Some of these knocks have fallen out of, out of but they're still important, and, and they're still tools uh, for communication. Think about that. Uh, we're communicating with our knocks. Uh, you'd say, well, yeah, I forgot. Now, the second one is kind of plays on this. It's a, a type of knock where you're not attempting for the door to be open for you to come in. But you're communicating, you're knocking, and you're saying, I'm outside to pick you up, I'm here. So think about, I'm here to pick you up. Sometimes it could also be combined with the hurry up. Uh, or there are times it's just like, hey, just so you know, I'm here. Or you know, some people just sit in their car and wait, or now you might use your phone. So again, this one might be a little bit less... Uh, or, oh, I'm, not, I'm here to pick you up. I hope your parents don't answer the door. Just come out. Uh, uh, going forward with that is another kind of knock of, I'm leaving something outside your door. Again, this is a popular knock. And is it a one-time knock? Is it a two-knock? Uh, is it someone, a professional delivery person? Or is it someone from your community? Leave, they say, well, remember I said I'd leave those... Uh, 
those dress forms outside your door, uh, or, you know, whatever it is, those door, you know, those doorknobs you wanted to take a look at, uh, but I know you said you'd be on a zoom call or, or, you know, you know, you know, I didn't want to bother you. So I'm knocking to let you know, I've left those outside the door as I said I would. Or, you know, I, I'm in a hurry. I'm on my way. So I just had to leave them. And, and you know, like I told you, so, uh, so those are different. You see how, how many layers there could be to those knocks. And the final, uh, type of knock of knocking, sorry, is, uh, the one, and it was similar to that is like, uh, but this is very used in many different ways. Of, is is the knocking is a requirement where you're hoping the person's not home, or they're not going to answer their door. So you're knocking, and you know you have to knock, and you know also know it can't be a pseudo knock, which is you know they could, we say well this one was a pseudo knock. Uh, they didn't really knock. They only pretended to knock, uh, or they barely knocked. Or they knocked, but their heart wasn't into it. And I'd say, okay, okay, that's very, very good. Now, finally, I want to close our course out with, uh, as we come here to the, this up here is where you'll be uh, departing the gondola. Actually, I'll be departing the gondola, and you get to lounge. Uh, gondola for one, that's what... Uh, so that like you can relax. There's like a little thing there for sunscreen. There's a uh, like a roof that pulls out. There's some cool drinks. Uh, so you make yourself comfortable. But before we do, as I park this gondola, I want you to start to think about uh, hands, movement, and sound uh, before you start listening to knocks, and then as you start listening to them, and start thinking about. What do those sounds look like, or what do they feel like to you, or what words do they bring up? Um, like, uh, is it like the fam- famous poem "Rap a Rap Rapping"? But but you say, well, I'm not into that rap rap rapping at my door. But that's one. But you could say, oh, what if there was one? Like, is there like you could be playful with that? Oh, is there someone that's like? rapping like a beat uh, or they've been rapping to themselves in the, or they're listening to something and then they make a beat on the door when they're knocking because it's a casual knock or are they carrying wrapping paper or does it sound like some sort of wrapping paper uh, and then there's bumping you know you say okay that sounds like a bumping is that a palm on the door or oh a flat hand on the door Okay, yeah, I, I can hear that. Is there one where it's not rapping, but it's like a where they're sideways, so each knuckle or foreknuckle is hitting the door in a way, a continuous way, like a waterfall? Is it a heavy knack? Is it a light knack? Uh, is it a knock that, like, is it an over-knock where you say, well, I didn't, sorry, I just didn't know if you you were vacuuming or something, you know? And I'm going to close with one last exercise that you can practice, which is say, this is like a method knock theater. Is uh, 
like, and you could say, you could say it two different ways. And I want you to take this forward and practice this exercise uh, right now in your heart and in your body and your mind. But then moving forward, I want you to picture some sort of a teacher. It could be a gondolier or it could be some other image. And you feel comfortable with them. And they say, knock once with feeling. Or they just say, knock with feeling. And they present you a door. And then you, this would be like the course. This would be like where you're proceeding to the next level. And again, there's no right or wrong way. This is something to be excited about. And you say, well, I can't think of anything. I say, okay. Well, just knock on, I can't think of anything. How would you knock on the door and say that in your heart? Uh, or maybe you do it with a flourish. Or maybe you do it, how are you feeling right now is another way to respond to that and knock once with feeling. But that doesn't mean just knock once, you know what I mean, like one knock. But you could. Or you could be out of box, you know, and walk up and, you know, like in the movies where they go, oh, no, no, I'm going to walk, nope, I'm going to walk away. And that is how we're going to close our, our course, as I leave you here in your gondola to rest. I do have blankets here at the, at, on the dock, uh, so I could tuck you in there, okay, and give you plenty of space and say enjoy that gentle feeling. And I hope this course in knock enthusiasm has been to your liking. Good night.